Electric Power recognizes local businesses, organizations, and individuals that partner with them to preserve the environment and promote sustainability. These are forward-thinking partners who are creative and effective in their approaches to promoting greater sustainability in the Tucson community. We are spotlighting those community partners in this special podcast series, and today we warmly welcome Katie Gannon. She is the Executive Director of Tucson Clean and Beautiful. And Katie, you know how excited I am to have you here because I'm a true believer in everything you do and your mission, and maybe more importantly, your impact. So the sponsor for this show is Tucson Electric Power, and we're celebrating Partners in Sustainability, and this is episode three. So welcome. Thank you very much. I'm very pleased to be here. So what I'd like to do, and I, you know, it's so funny because like it's my show and I get to decide. I want to read your bio because it great it sparked joy for me and it gives the guests, the listeners, a sense of who you are. So I'll, I'll go through it rather quickly. I'll do my Jersey speed talk. Um, Katie's greatest joy is working with volunteers, neighbors, city and community partners to design, implement, and care for community green space. Like, I want to ring the bell. Grateful to be living in one of the most beautiful, biodiverse regions of the world. She takes seriously our human obligation to protect and store the environment, which in turn nurtures us. Hard stop, everybody. Think about that. She is motivated by the urgent need for environmental action and the belief that one of the most powerful tools we have to ensure a just and livable future here in the Southwest is planting trees. Like, bam. I just want to say bam. She's dedicated to lifelong learning and growing. She is an ISA, Certified Arborist, which is a big deal, and has a master's degree in landscape architecture. And I love this part. This is kind of why I wanted to read it. After 5 p.m., you can find her hiking in the nearby deserts or mountains, and I can attest to that. She said, I'll be hiking out of cell range, but you can call me after X. Um, Her sustainability tip, adopt a plant-based lifestyle. And her favorite tree, the desert ironwood. So I thought that was a fun bio to read. So let's go. Let's start with just a quick overview of what Tucson Clean and Beautiful is. Sometimes I forget to do that because I sure know what it is, but what is it? Well, Tucson Clean and Beautiful is a 37-year-old environmental nonprofit, and we work to steward the environment through a variety of means um, in partnership with the city, the county, businesses, schools, clubs, and many, many volunteers and individuals who give their time freely to steward the environment. Um, Volunteers are at the heart of everything we do, and um, you can easily get involved and and join in the activities, whether it's pulling buffalo grass or adopting a street or public space near you or... um, even planting trees with us, which we do every single Saturday between October and March each year. Okay, so thank goodness there's a hiatus because (laughs) we're not planting trees now. To me, one of the most noteworthy things is where would you be without your volunteers? It's unbelievable. And I'm so happy when a guest comes on and pays homage to that because 
you would be up that famous tributary without a means of propulsion because volunteers in this town, I think about it like for Habitat for Humanity, for the Hab Store, and so many others, they couldn't do it if they had to pay. And you have a small staff given the size of your responsibilities. So thank you, volunteers. And I hope every single one of them listens to it. So I love trees. I believe in planting trees. That's great. Who cares? Almost. I mean, I do care. But there's a reason I care. And it's so vitally important for Tucson's future. So can you address that? Trees are so important to our future, Gina. As you know, we face a very daunting future with extreme heat. And trees cool the future. It's uh, it's mid-May and it's already over 100 degrees today. And trees are tremendously powerful in cooling our environment. Um, They shade the surfaces. They provide shade for people. And those surfaces are cooled by up to 40 degrees just by being in the shade. And they cool the environment in a second way through transpiration as they emit hydration through their leaves. It's like an evaporative cooler. So the ambient air not just the surface temperature, but the air temperature beneath a tree is up to nine degrees cooler. So you could be standing under a big shade tree in the burning heat and be very comfortable and happy. And that's Especially in Tucson. Yeah. I mean, when people make the joke about it's a dry heat, I'm not so sure I care when it's 110, but if it's 103 and you're in the shade and there's a slight breeze, you are not uncomfortable. I did it yesterday. I sat out in the backyard and we have trees. And it felt very, very good. And you know, you said something about trees cool the future. Is that what you said? We should have bumper stickers that say that. They do. They really do. And we're not going to go into it in this show because I've done it into some others. But when you look about, when you talk about um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, there's such a disproportionate amount of green trees this side of one of our major dividing streets, which is the north. And when you start going south, it gets hotter and hotter and hotter, and there are fewer trees. And it's much, much warmer. And that, and those folks living in those hotter areas are even more vulnerable to heat because they often work outdoors. They often have to... Uh, use transit, they... Take public transportation. Maybe they don't even have air conditioning. And so... Any of them do not, yeah. as you know. So it matters. And it's and planting trees near your house. This house that we are now living in, it is shocking to me how cool it stays. Well, the yard is surrounded by trees, old growth trees, and the side, the, the west side of the house has trees. And it makes a difference in terms of our electricity bill. It's just that simple. So we feel very blessed. Um, I don't think, like, your goal is to plant a million trees. And before we went on air, I said, why can't we just put this on fast forward, get every Rotary Club, Kiwanis Club, Lions Club, fraternity, sorority, to get a pl- million trees planted in a year. I know that's not going to happen. So we'll move on that. But your goal is a million trees. But we can't really have the discussion unless we talk about water. Because people say, oh, yeah, you're going to plant trees. There's a water shortage. Don't you watch the news? And there is regular news, national news, about our water shortage. Why is planting trees all the more important given the water shortage? 
water is incredibly important if we want to grow trees, but it's also incredibly important to our future here in Tucson. And I want to tell you that planting trees can actually help you save water. Um, the By planting trees, you're cooling the environment and reducing evaporation and water loss. And trees also help us retain water. When rain falls, they absorb the water in their roots, bring it into the ground, and then they are using that water to cool us. But there's also a lot we can do to reduce our water use. Trees will not grow without water. Um, So there's several important things we can Use drought-tolerant, desert-adapted trees that belong here. We can harvest rainwater whenever possible, especially with earthworks such as basins, berms, and swales to give those trees extra water whenever it does rain. And I think it's incredibly important for us to start reusing water. Um, There's a tremendous, so to speak, uh, opportunity for us to use water more than once. For example, directing your washing machine water or grabbing your air conditioning condensate or setting up an outdoor shower to drain to your tree wells. So there's a lot of things we can do to reduce the amount of potable water needed to grow trees. And what you said it saves water. It saves water because if you put those berms, I never know what to call them. I call them the the, the holes you dig around the trees. It's very articulate, but people know, <laughs> articulate, but people know what I mean. So when we have these incredible monsoons, which we're all praying happens robustly this year, the water runoff's a big issue in our city. So there's contamination for the stormwater. So if you have trees in your yard. You're containing the water so that they can go into the ground, actually, and not be all runoff and help in some way to impact our watershed. So it it is really the green trifecta. I've said it and said it and said it, which is one of the reasons why I was so excited to have you here. Another thing that cracked me up, I was laughing a lot when I was preparing for this show because I have been a supporter and a believer, and you know that. My work with Chapman and their panning Chapman Automotive Group, but... I never ask this question, and it just kind of cracks me up because I'm I'm on board with the dream, which is the thing that matters the most to me. Is there a master plan for where they get planted? Is there a strategy in place? Because I never ask that question. I've been out to schools. We were out to the um, House of Neighborly Service. I've done other tree plantings with the Chapman team. But is there a master plan that you direct as to where they should go? Well, if you're going to plant a million trees, you, you need better to, have a you plan. Need to, you need <laughs> I to, never but, ask the plan. But you need to plant them everywhere. Everywhere. But, but okay, if you take okay. a look at it and break Johnny it down. Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> if you take a look, only 20% of the land area in Tucson is public space. That leaves 80% of of land area as private. You're kidding me. So that me. means 80 percent of those million trees are going to be hand, have to be planted in on private property. So we're not going to, no one person or one organization is going to plant a million trees. We all need to plant trees and we all need trees. Our future depends on it. So planting trees at your home to, as you mentioned, to shade your home and reduce energy use and the cost to cool your home, planting trees where the urban heat island is the worst, uh, strip malls and parking lots. I wish we could plant 
thousands more trees there. In parking lots. Yes. I know, because now for people that do listen to this, because this is a local show, but people do listen around the country when they find us, it's like, you should see the race to the shade parking spot yes. in this town. <laughs> Once the, this weather is hit, I will go like a block and a half out of the way to to park my car in the shade because it's so darn hot when you get in your car. If you park your car under a shade tree, you can save, it, it can be 45 degrees no cooler no inside way. your car than oh my if you gosh. didn't so that makes park us under a tree. But you should see people, you will, you'll see like lots of empty spaces and then a car and then lots of empty spaces in a car and you quickly figure out they're all going for the shade. And you guys, whoever doesn't live in this area, it gets really hot in the inside your car. You go in and you can burn your hands on the wind, on the um, steering wheel and touching the metal. It's, it's, it's pretty brutal once the full-on heat starts if you're parked in the sun and most people have shades for their windows. You know, we put in those window shades because if not, it's it's ferocious. Yeah, it's and, really and awful. that's a good reminder to for folks to never never leave their pets or children or anything you don't want melted in your hot car. <laughs> you know, boy, does it! I don't like to take my purse in, so I left my purse in the car recently, and there was, unbeknownst to me, no, I of course put it there was chocolate. It was not a good thing. <laughs> it was I put my hand in, it was like oh goo. It's really bad. So that's how hot it gets. So when you talk about the private pot, that intrigues me beyond measure that you really have 80%. Is there a lot of um, responsiveness and receptivity and people welcoming on those private properties for you to plant the trees? I think there is. I Realtors know that mature trees increase property values. Right. Rental companies know that mature trees increase the desirability of homes. I think there is some concern about maintenance and care and the water use, but I think also a lot of trees we plant may be overwatered at the residential level. Everybody has to really be aware that it's an issue. And if you're a private business owner, be on board with it. That's how I feel. I mean, Chapman did plant some. I don't want to just keep using them as an example, but I'm so proud of their support of this program. And businesses that you know, if you're giving away a keychain to thank a person for their supporting your business, think about donating a tree because it is a gift that keeps on giving. Like that was part of the conversation for a car dealership. I don't need, first of all, I don't need a keychain. Nobody uses them anymore. I don't need another pen. And the response from the clients there, the customers has been, oh, they can either get a tree or plant a tree to a public space, which is could be a school. Like, you know, you go to the schools on the south side and you're wondering, are there trees in southern Arizona sometimes? It's very sad to me because I lived up on the other part of town and they don't have any problems with trees and green grass and water and all that stuff. So it does beg the question, I always hope when I do these shows that at least one person, if not 100, if not 200, actually say, when I finish this, I'm going to go do X. I really want to inspire people to act because it's not. this is not a lecture show. It's an informative conversation about exciting things happening in our city. What is the best use of a volunteer? 
Is there a ranking or is there a priority for you or a greater need? What can people volunteer to do? Because it's great to have a smorgasbord, smorgasbordy of if you don't want to plant a tree, you can do this. And if you don't want to do this, you can do that. So what can volunteers do and what do most of them do with you? Well, volunteers can always help us plant trees. As I mentioned, through the planting season, which is October through March, we're planting trees every single week. And we love volunteers and it's fun. It's easy. You learn all about trees. We have several ISA certified arborists. And what does ISA stand for? International Society of Arboriculture. All right, everybody. Bam, there's a new one for everybody. Never heard of it, and you said it so well. But okay. it's great to learn about trees, and you'll you'll begin to appreciate them more. So um, join us. Plant trees. You'll, you'll come back. You'll love it. But also plant trees at your home and take really great advantage of Tucson Electric Power's Trees for You program. It's an awesome program. It really is. Every single year, you're eligible for up to three $5 trees. And you simply need to plant them around your home strategically to, to shade your home. That is, you know, even TEP understands how important trees are. Uh, Trico has a program as well. And, uh, or buy a tree from a nursery. You can buy a tree from our website and we'll deliver it. So definitely plant Plant trees, plant three, plant three each year. And if you're sitting there thinking, there's no way I'm going to plant a tree because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm not blushing, but I don't think it's easy planting those trees. <laughs> I've been out there on those sites and I think it takes some, uh, you got to be strong. We have caliche, we have rocks. It can be done. The tree plantings that I've been at, and I was trying to think how many. There have been many. Everybody pitches in and helps. But I was digging out there at that school we went to that I kept saying, is this really in Tucson that Chapman adopted? And I was like, I kept going, going. I'm like, no, we are almost in Mexico, seriously. And I was making a joke, (laughs) but it was very far. And everybody helped. But there were some big honking holes to dig and big rocks, and to watch that magic with those kids. I'll never forget it. Never, ever forget it. Because the school principal is just like the cat's meow. And the little kids, like in kindergarten, were out there. And they had responsibility for naming the tree, for watering it, for making sure it kept you know, alive. It was a very community-centered activity. And it was... I would say, like, I'm kind of a wuss. I don't want to plant a lot of trees. I'll help. (laughs) I did help, and I did shovel dirt. And it's like, man, this is hard work. Well, we have a really active tree planting program with schools, thanks to Chapman. And it's... uh, I run into adults all the time who remember that time where they planted trees at a school, at their school, and they go by as an adult with their own kids and see that tree uh, big and beautiful and providing shade for thousands of kids. So other than people, um, like if people are like me saying, okay, I will help, I will help, I'll be going, I'm just acting like a baby. Um, If you don't want to do that, you can buy a tree or two, or three, and donate it. Donate it. And talk about the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, my goodness. Through the Tucson Million Trees Initiative, we are planting in the lowest canopy neighborhoods where trees are most needed. Where there is no canopy. Yeah, and we're providing and planting three trees per household. And 
strategically placing them to shade the home, uh, blue staking, planting them. What's blue staking? That's when you identify any underground utilities. Okay. And we're making sure that we're not, you know, too close. I bet TP's happy about that and Southwest Gas and Tucson Water. (laughs) Exactly. Staying away from all that infrastructure and sidewalks. Many, many trees, we we think probably 80 to 90 percent of the trees that people plant are planted too deeply. So when we plant with the community, we're teaching them how to plant correctly. And, you know, um, so we're trying to reduce all the barriers for success for that tree and working with homeowners about how to properly water and care for those trees. And everybody, everyone that I've gone to, everyone that I have attended, there's staff from Tucson Clean and Beautiful that really know what they're doing. And yes. they're instructing and they're, act, they're partners and they're helping to facilitate, to move it right along. I didn't know people were planning them too deeply. And that's good to know because it's a bigger hole you have to dig. <laughs> well, another huge problem is pruning, over pruning. People tend to, uh, there's a myth that trees need pruning but they actually don't. All of the leaves and foliage on a tree are the um, food, feed the tree. And it's the food factory. And so when you reduce foliage and branches, you're, you're reducing the ability of that tree to feed itself and shade itself. So you start exposing all the trunks and branches to the sun. They get sunburned. They lose more of their water. And so it's very important to not over prune trees. So what about those little things that sprout off at the bottom, the feeders or whatever? Can you take those off or should you let them go too. I uh, never knew that. On a very young tree, you should definitely leave those because those are actually helping you get girth in your trunk. It's helping okay. your tree develop faster, those young sprouts at the base of the tree. As your tree grows, uh, those branches can be removed. But try to envision a tree with two-thirds of foliage and branches and only one-third of a trunk. That is what you should have as your goal. I understand you need to cut trees for clearance and because they're going to scratch somebody's eyes out. But in general, you know, be patient. As the tree grows taller, those lower branches will come off naturally. They're temporary. And trees grow from the tips. So the tree grows taller and the foliage moves up and then you can get your chair under there and, and sit and put your table there. But be patient and let your tree grow. Don't over prune it. That's great information. And I, Mrs. Green, did not know that. And it really matters to me. Like I said last night, it was hot and I went out in the back. And just to be surrounded by trees and birds, the birds, mm. like there was, I was trying to count how many bird sounds I could hear. It's kind of my commitment to feed my soul a little bit more. So it does beg the question, unless someone buys a tree or a business supports buying a tree, how do you pay for all the trees? Who's paying for this? Oh, we have been so fortunate. Mayor Romero has done an outstanding job raising funds for this. There's no public dollars going into this effort. Oh my gosh. Go Rahina. Yes. TEP has given a very generous donation for us to plant trees in low low canopy oh. neighborhoods. <laughs> Hamstra Heating and Cooling, Hamstra, yes. a family-owned business. They provide a tree for every single air conditioning unit they sell. you got to be kidding me. Chapman Automotive for every new car they sell. 
donates a tree or provides a tree to the car purchaser. So people are on board. Businesses are on board and that matters. But it's very noteworthy to tell people this is not your government taxpayer dollars at work, which I wouldn't mind having a thing on my bill to say I will buy a tree every month. But I think some people are happy. It's really a public-private partnership, the quintessence of that, a successful one. I mean, I really love that. Um, So... Tell us about the youth climate leaders, because that was so, you know, when I said to you, it sparked a lot of joy doing this preparation for me. Tell us about the youth climate leaders. Love it. And they are our future. Children are our future. The only future we ever have. That's right. And so we learned a lot during the pandemic and, you know, the need to plant more trees and keep folks separate. And then we realized there was an army of young people shut in on their computer all the time, isolated. They couldn't see their friends, stuck at home. And so we started a youth tree leader program. And it has been so successful. And so again, this is grant funded. We pay these young people uh, ages 13 to 18 middle school and high school, a stipend to come help us plant trees. How else are we going to plant a million trees? We need we need them. And this is, as you say, it's their future. And they're learning the power of a tree to change the future. Win, 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 yes. win, win. So we just need more of them. Do you recruit them mostly through schools? Yes, through our school tree planting program and <laughs> through the neighborhoods on the front line of the climate emergency. We are recruiting youth from neighborhoods that are most impacted by severe heat. They're just magic. It's just the damn truth because they, one thing, one solution for climate resilience and mitigation and adaptation is more and more and more tree planting in the way that you described, where you're water aware, where you're aware of what species you're planting. So I know how passionate you are about this. Would you care to share like what is your biggest challenge or what you would do if, um, you know what I mean? Like the magic wand kind of question about how can we accelerate this or an obstacle? There is a question there. (laughs) Tree supply. That is our biggest tree supply. We need to grow more trees. And we're we're working out. We're talking to a lot of people about that, but we need more shade trees grown so that we can plant them. Wow. That's a big hard stop. I had no idea. I'm glad I asked that question. So we are we are complete. This was great. And I just want to say from my heart. Thanks for being here and thanks for all that you do, you, Katie Gannon, to make our community more sustainable and resilient. I really appreciate it and you and so does our community. So thanks everybody. Go out there, buy a tree, plant a tree, water a tree, hug a tree, I don't care. Do something with a tree. And thanks for being a part of our world. Thank you, Gina. Thank you, Gina.